You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 568. Five year later flashback. What an ultramaroon. substitute podcasters. My name is Paul French, and today I am Labor Lad. You know, it's Labor Day, so that just makes sense to me. Anyway, uh, without uh, much in the way of further ado, what we're going to do is uh, get to the last time we talked about the uh, five-year-later annual, issue number one, uh, so annual number one. And this is the one where we get the whole uh, story behind what the new timeline is uh, based on uh, the whole Glorithverse reboot. So we're going to get into that pretty quickly. Uh, Josh Wilson joined us on this one uh, February 6th, 2012. So we're going back a ways here. And uh, we'll be looking at the annual again soon. Uh, but in the meantime, here it is. And welcome to episode 174 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I'm Paul French, and today I am Kiss Kid. I have been uh, reading the uh, the Archie meets Kiss uh, comics because oh. because uh, last week exactly uh, last week uh, Ella found one of my music books sitting downstairs, and it ha- and it's it's it had some Kiss stuff <laughs> on it, and so she was like, "Who's that?" And so I was explaining it to her, and. Um, <laughs> How did she handle the explanation? Well, I I might I might have uh, paraphrased, um, <laughs> but uh, but so when we got into the car to go to to daycare on on Tuesday, she was like she's like Daddy put Kiss on, and it was like Wow, yeah. that's that's weird. Um, so so then I saw them uh, when I was getting some groceries. They had a couple of the issues, and so I picked them up, and so we've been reading them together, and it's nice. uh, and it's been a lot of fun, and uh, so so yeah, that's me. Nice. I'm Matt Kramer, and it seems like this past week I was sick boy. So there's something go- that's been going around my office and it's been taking people out in waves. So uh, I'm hopefully over it now. Hopefully it's not Legionnaire's disease. Yes. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. We wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> Damn. True. After all these episodes, it'd be hard to change it up now. <laughs> Why start now? <laughs> exactly. I am Scott Coles, and I am Do Ultra Boy, twice as good as Ultra Boy. That's just because I don't like to set the bar very high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so it begins. Oh, snap! I bet Josh is going to be pissed. Oh man, when he hears this, he <laughs> won't hear it. He doesn't listen right away, does he? Well, I guess that would be my cue, and I am Josh what? Wilson, and I am not your regularly scheduled podcaster lad tonight, I guess. Uh, I, they were missing out on a Southern uh, podcaster, so I guess I finally decided to fill in for Darren tonight. So There we go. Oh, I thought we were looking for another gay podcaster. Oh. 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 <laughs> Oh man, my wife is really going to be disappointed. <laughs> if she's not already, I'm sure. Oh, oh, oh. be a rough night. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so, I'm so I'm so glad that we can that we can have guests over. 
<laughs> this is why we can't have nice things, Scott. Well, I mean, I, I have been told that in order to podcast, I have to sit here pantless. So I'm sans past pants, but I do have a nice frosty beverage. Yeah. In order nice. to uh, fill in. Very okay. nice. Take it back. You're probably not gay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> there you not, go. That's a bad thing. It's okay, Josh's wife. <laughs> it's all good. Ah, okay, I'm all, drink I'm to listen to this. Yeah. So, um, and I'm glad to have Josh joining us because occasionally people say that we've given uh, uh, Ultra Boy the gears. You and, don't say. And Not in maybe. in this episode, you guys maybe. <laughs> In this episode, we will actually pay much tribute to to Ultra Boy, and there may be some fun making. There, there may be. I'm sure Scott has a list written down of his <laughs> nice. Exactly. That would require a lot of research, though. <laughs> Did you know that Ultra Boy was trapped in an escalator for eight hours because the power went out? <laughs> Sure, there's the research going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Scott's prepared. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So I, I was looking up Legion News, and, and there is none, and that's probably because everyone was so busy. Um, there was no DC news this week, was there? I mean, uh, I don't remember hearing anything. Yeah, yeah. Every, <laughs> everyone was so concerned about the guns apparently being held to their heads to force them to uh, to buy uh, before Watchmen, so... Um. Yeah. No. So. Uh, so yes. No. No. Legion news. Uh, somehow, Matter Eater Lad was not able to cut through that clutter. It Damn. seems unfair. It seems unfair. But that's what a life in politics on Bismol will do for you. Sure. So, um, what what we what we decided to do was in honor of Josh's joining us. We uh, we let him choose the, uh, the the story to do, and uh, and he's chosen an awesome one. Want to tell us a little bit about that, Josh? Well, um, it is one of my favorites from my childhood, um, and that of course would be Legion of Superheroes 1990, the five years later annual number one. Ooh, that is yeah. the story of Glorith and Ultra Boy. Wait, you were still a child in 1990? Well, let's see. I, well, I mean, okay, I guess technically in 1990, I would have been 12 years old, so. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. How, how old were so you, Scott? Old. 16? Huh? How old were you, Scott? In uh, 1990. You I was told there would be no math. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I qualify as a, twa- a child. I guess the correct term would be, what, a tween? Is that what they call them these days? I would have yes. been 17, 18, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I was drinking by then. That's all I know. Yeah, I was going to. You were drinking much younger than that. <laughs> oh. I, uh, I, I believe I got this. So this would have been the summer of 1990, I would, I would assume. So I was. Um, yeah, I, I, so I would have been just heading into my into my second year of university. So you're making me feel old, Josh. <laughs> oh, I, I'm it's not sorry. a good start, sir. It's not a good yeah. start. That's all I borrow. <laughs> I didn't well, get this at least look on the on the bright side. At least you underststood what was going on in there. <laughs> when I was reading it, I was like, "What are they even talking about?" And yeah, yeah, I yeah. No idea what these references were to. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is this story was actually planned even before they had uh, Glorith involved in it. Mm. Um, when they were uh, doing a lot of the plotting sessions, one of the things they talked about that they wanted to kind of hit on 
was the, the pocket universe. Because the pocket universe was there, and, and Levitz had used that as his explanation for how Superboy could still be involved in the Legion's history, even though um, Superman, Superman was now never a Superboy. Um, so what, what they had done was they, it was, they thought, you know, he did the, so he came up with, with the pocket universe, but the one thing he never really got into that deeply was why? And, uh, we knew that he had done this, but you know, to what end? Um, what's that? Shits and giggles. That's my vote. Yeah. Yeah. He was, just, he's just like, man, it would be so funny to prank the, that superhero club. <laughs> There's nothing good on TV. I'm, I'm totally going to mess with him. Well, I guess if you're sitting at the end of time with all powerful powers, I mean, what else you got to do, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've already been canceled. I end up thinking of him like, like death on the family guy. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's just bored. He's just messing around. Um, but uh, so they, they decided to explore the, the, the why uh, part of that. So um, that's where they came up with the whole idea of the conflict between two incredibly powerful villains of the Legion. And um, so basically, you know, sort of heightening that backstory and, and coming up with the idea that they've, all, they've always been in, in battle and um, and so what the uh, what the trapper had done was actually created this inspiration for the legion because then the legion would would essentially use up a whole p- lot of Mordru's power and uh, and 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 that would prevent Mordru from winning. So that was that that was so originally they were going to do this and it was still going to be um, <clears throat> you know it it was just instead of Glorith it was going to be uh, Joe figuring out what the time trapper was doing and so that was always the plan and and the idea of it where they said that the whole thing of it is you have to uh, think of the of, of Ultra Boy as being in the position of being the one person in the universe who was available uh, who was aware of and able to thwart the time trapper but knew that it was how impossible it was to avoid being detected by a villain that can simply wait around for some future event to uncover your role in frustrating the villain's plans. You know, I mean, he's he's at the end of time. He's got all time at his at his fingertips. He can just look and it's like, so who was it? Ah, it was totally Ultra Boy. <laughs> and and then you go back to the time before, you know, anyway. So there was a... The, this was always in in the plans, of course. Then, um, and and for people who um, haven't necessarily heard uh, all of our uh, five year later episodes, uh, what happened during this time frame? Um, they had the issue already already half penciled, uh, where um, where Monel uh, fights the time trapper, and. In the midst of this, they were told, uh, yeah, you guys can't talk about Superboy anymore. In, in fact, you can't even use the, you can't even have uh, one of the characters working for the Daily Planet in the future. In, in, in fact, not only can you not do that, but you know, Monel, yeah, that name kind of comes from Superboy. So you can't use that either. Um, it, it sounds like a, a, you know, I think, I think a lot bird. of. <laughs> no, really? John Burton never gets blamed for anything. <laughs> so, um, well, and, and to be fair, a lot of this by this point wasn't even him. Um, he, was, he wasn't even working on, uh, he was, I think he was, he'd already been off uh, Superman for a while by this point. Yeah, but you know, he started it and I'm sure he left his essence there. <laughs> he did start it. He did. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's not let him off the. Let's not let him off the hook. And Which is not to say I love John Byrne. He that actually that Superman run that he did got me into comics, so I can't even say anything bad about him. But it's there his fault. Yeah, his his yeah. run on Superman got me into the Legion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine too. It was Superman number eight, yeah. my first exposure ever to the Legion. So that Same is there. actually said, "Who are these people?" And it was haven't looked back since. So you, uh, I, I always love that you guys actually started off with the pocket universe story. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so, and, and actually when I picked this issue out of the, uh, out of the long box, sitting right in front of it was actually, um, or right behind it, sorry, was, uh, was John Burns OMAC, uh, miniseries. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a good, that was a good story. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to be digging into that tomorrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's been a few years since I've read it. But anyway, so it sounds like it was a lot of inter-office um, cattiness, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. These guys were kind of, you know, it was it, this was sort of the height of the uh, of the DC editorial silos. And uh, not that this doesn't happen, you know, I mean, this happens at, at Marvel all the time, too, I'm sure, as far oh. as, you know, you got your ex-editors who are, who are like, well, not ex-editors, but, you know, they do the ex-books. <laughs> they're they're Many current. Many of them are ex-editors now. <laughs> Many of them, yes, this is true. This is true. Uh, they'll be they'll, now DC editors. I was just yeah. going to say, they'll be, they'll be writing for DC any day now. Um, <laughs> so, I can't um, wait until Onslaught shows up. <laughs> exactly. Uh yes. He's uh, only he's going to be green. He's going to be Brainiac 5 instead. Just wait. Spoilers. Oh yeah, sorry. Um Anyway, so so with that they had to you know, and they had this issue half done and so basically that's where they came up with let's let's do a reset and we're actually with a perfect opportunity to do so um you know we're actually in the middle of the issue in which we could easily do that and um so what they decided to you know because and and part of it was what they i mean there's a couple of things they could have done they could have just no longer referred to the history of the legion but uh, as we know i mean the, the you know the hallmark of that run was being able to uh, to deal with the history of the Legion and and the legacy of the Legion, and so that's like doing a Star Trek and then just not talking about Captain Kirk at all ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Or the it's, Enterprise. Yeah, <laughs> you can't talk about the Enterprise anymore, guys. Um, it's it's always only been the Excelsior. That's right. <laughs> we have always New been Space at war Nine, with the Excelsior. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> so um, they, of course, but they they had a whole lot of ideas that that really were they they quite liked that involved Legion's history. So they decided to come up with the story that that takes Superboy out of the continuity, and that's where the Hourglass issue came in, and that's of course the uh, uh, the the really awesome issue number five. Um, where they did the whole the whole reset. Oh yeah, that was awesome. I have and, a question. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I just recently reread uh, Time and Time Again, that little mm, series yes. that went Superman back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that take place before or after this nonsense? After. After. Yeah. After. Okay. Yes. Maybe a year. Maybe a year or so. Yeah, because it happens still pre-triangle No, they have triangle numbers. Oh, they do? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's around when they started, actually. Okay. Yeah, um, because that was just after... Um, 
Oh, you're right. I've got one of the issues right here, and it has a triangle in the corner. There you go. There you go. It's cover date on that, Matt. Uh, I don't... It's just out of the reach. Just out of my reach. You can do it. You can do it. It's March 91. There you go. Okay. So they they have it. Yeah, so so the timeline had already been reset. Actually, you know, the 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 dead giveaway on that is the fact that uh, that oh, yeah, one of the issues up. involves Dev M. Oh, that's oh right. yeah, we're there. and it's um it's it's meathead uh, radioactive uh, Dev M. Yeah, as a uh, Daxamite Dev M. In fact, um, yep. as opposed to uh, to former Kryptonian super secret agent. Uh, before when I was first collecting this run of the legion i didn't know that that issue existed so between issues what is it like 17 and 18 i had no idea what had happened <laughs> oh that's a that's a heck of a one to miss there matt yes. <laughs> yeah so the um and so so it's it's ironic actually that um when after uh, you know a, a little time after the uh, Superman office had told the Legion hands off, uh, they came in and destroyed the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that that was that was just uh, don't forget who's boss, guys. Okay. <laughs> you like that moon, don't you? Bam! How about that? <laughs> and the sad thing is, they didn't even get a Superman appearance in the actual Legion book to boost sales. <laughs> nope. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just throw him that bone, eh? <laughs> yeah. Not even that. Yeah. We're going to destroy your moon and you're not going to be able to talk about how. It's going to happen. Because you, you guys can't talk about Legion. It's <laughs> <That's> awful. <laughs> Poor Legion. Um, Will they ever win? Exactly. I, and, and to be fair, I, 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 I only wish that that was completely joking because it wouldn't surprise me at all if there wasn't a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So again, um, you know, the, this the, they they did have to do a lot of a lot of sort of dancing to uh, to get around the uh, the changes, but um, you know they they still had this they had had this idea for the story beforehand, and they were and they thought well you know it actually works better even more in our favor now because now we can get into some of that history, and and boy do they, boy do they. Um, <laughs> So anyway, so that that sort of that sort of gives a bit of background. Um, aside from that, they actually didn't have huge plans for uh, for Joe. Um, you know, I, I I personally really like what they did with with making him the uh, you know the sort of the the badass pirate guy and uh, well, he always looked like a pirate. Why not make him? Well, well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they just they boots. just look at those things. Exactly, they just took boots. it a step on, further. Guys. <laughs> it, awesome. oh. I love them. <laughs> they, they took it a step further, and you know, and, and the whole thing with him being a bootlegger on on Rimbor, um, you know, if um, if Rock was the heart, Joe was the soul. You know, I mean, there was just something that he brought to it that was, uh, you know, it's that that. What? This is by far my favorite uh, Ultra Boy costume right here, with the the weird floppy pirate boots and the wrestling belt. I love it. <laughs> yeah. it's awesome. Exactly. All he needs is a is a is a Luca mask, right? He's the tag team <laughs> champion of Rimbor, man. He's totally- <laughs> hey, uh, but it works. Look at it. I mean, totally, man. Yes. I love it. <laughs> the team of Reflecto and Ultra Boy. That's indeed, right. indeed. The only um, the only thing they really had planned was to uh, play off, and and this actually came up in the uh, 
in the Mordru story uh, in what, the 40s, uh, so, so after Giffen had left, um, was to have him sort of have this, uh, this uncanny power over women, essentially. And because uh, you have that story where he's got uh, Veil, Mist, and uh, Spider Girl all after him, so so aside from that, not a whole lot going on for him. Um, a couple of very interesting things with this is actually Giffen wasn't really involved in it a whole lot. In fact, he what he wasn't credited with plotting this issue. Nope, no credit. So uh, yeah, so so um, and and given how. Um, I'm, I'm sure there was there was some involvement in some way, at least at least some discussion as to sort of uh, you know I think a lot of sort of notes on on the actual history of the team, um, but uh, you know the, we kind of got thrown into this right at the end of that first story, right at the end of the you know as as the Legion has come together and got their cool jackets, <laughs> um, as as you did in 1990. That's right. <laughs> you wanted to have a super team, get some jackets, boy. That's right. But they didn't actually ever wear those jackets in story, did they? Um, I can't even remember. Kent walked around in his a lot. Well, yeah, okay. yeah, well, that's, well, that's the only one I can think Didn't didn't Cosmic Boy run around basically in a trench coat the whole time? Right, pretty in much. Trench coat. But it didn't well, that until, until he really became appeared in, in in those costumes. Wasn't that the poster that they had put out in like issue number twelve? Is that like the only time <laughs> yeah, they were all yeah, in pretty costumes? Much. Yeah, oh yeah. Much. <laughs> I still have that poster. In fact, mm-hmm. I had it, I had it up on my wall actually at the time. He's lying us above the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jan's like seriously. <laughs> but look at the jackets, <laughs> and out. they have belts with pouches, so you know. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't. <laughs> Where else? Your Mentos. <laughs> it was barely the nineties. Mentos and condoms. That's what Cosmo <laughs> had in his. <laughs> that dude was a player he was a stone pimp I tell ya <laughs> so um, anyway so so we open up the issue with, with Glorith and um, by this point it's been it's been established that she's the new time trapper but we haven't really seen much of her if I remember correctly she no. is rocking the uh, road warrior uh Shoulder pads, though that's kind of nice. <laughs> that that yes, again, um, all, all hawking animals. Other other than the fifth issue, wasn't she just in thirteen for a little bit? That's right. So so we knew that she we knew that it, that she was the new quote unquote the new time trapper. Um, you know, we knew that she had been brought in. Um, well, I mean, she she set it up right. That was the whole thing where where. Um, when they realize, mm-hmm. uh, when when Nolan realizes that uh, that that she screwed them, and uh, and 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 she and you know now she is going to take that role. Um, <clears throat> at any rate, um, so she's kind of so so. This is actually taking place right bef- a year before the Great Collapse, which happens in twenty nine eighty nine. Just so you know. Right. Keep an eye on your investments. Uh, five years later, stuff comes. Five years after that, is that right? Yeah, right. Because it was twenty. Yeah, yeah it was twenty nine ninety four. Um, so um, she's taking a look at, at Daxum and um, and how this is the you know the home of the most dangerous race in the universe, birthplace of the greatest hero of all time. And again, we haven't seen a lot of that. 
we've been told we we know that it's happened but at this point we haven't really seen much of of the results so th- it, this is probably the the most uh, time with valor that we've really had uh, uh by at this point yeah they wouldn't go into more detail until next year's annual right it was annual number two that's right that's right right exactly Skipping so the world's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just for Scott, just for Scott. <laughs> so it turns out Ultra Boy's not the only Stone Cold pimp. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Boy, come on now. <laughs> I wouldn't have given Ultra Boy that, that satisfaction. What are you talking about? <laughs> Although he does have the boots. Yes, exactly. Boots. If he had a feathered hat, he would, he would totally pimp that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, she mentions the mighty Largand, Valor, her creation, in fact. And uh, and Daxum is, uh, you know, a, an army of supermen, if only you could control them, as Darkseid did, as no one but Darkseid could. And so really she kind of talks about how if the, uh, if the Dominators uh, were able to enslave the army of uh, this, the, you know, the Daxumite population, then they would inevitably conquer the entire universe, and that can't happen. So, um, yeah, you look, and she's kind of made a lot of it into sludge, yeah. right? So, it's not nice. we we uh, big volcanoes, evidently too. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So she's really messed it up, and uh, and and this just sort of again lends itself to the to the machinations of of Glorith. You know, the whole thing has been all about control. Uh, you know, whether it be with Mordrew or or whatever. Um, so uh, we we cut to Legion headquarters and we see Laurel wearing her um, what Valorette. Uh, <laughs> what was did did now did she did she use the codename Andromeda then as well, or was that not until the reboot? I don't. Did she ever even? Or was she just Laurel Gand? I can't remember. I think she was just Laurel Gand. Yeah. I don't know. I was only ever paying attention to her backside anyway. So <laughs> hey now. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so they're talking about how the entire planet has been slaughtered and and something needs to be done because of course you know the conspiracy, as we remember it, mm. was was you know to go after uh, the trapper for for what he did to Superboy. Mm-hmm. After the uh, pocket universe story, so now you know how do you have the conspiracy? How how did that happen? Um, so so now we've this this is this is our our reason for them to go after, and so we have the um, the basic members of the conspiracy uh, plus uh, Laurel, and um, so they say you know let's let's not forget the level of of her powers. An attack on Glorth could be a suicide mission. So he's saying that we have to keep everybody sort of outside of the plan because. Um, it may cost their lives to bring Glorith to justice, but there has to be a legion left when they're through. And it's so, my favorite uh, Brainiac Five costume too. Oh yeah, definitely. The sort of jumpsuit with the cargo pants. Yeah. yeah. And, the yeah. and There's a pouch. There's a pouch. Um, <laughs> and and then we get into a couple of the sort of common devices that they would use, where they would have these sort of elliptical uh, sayings that that the uh, elliptical phrases that basically filled you in on a little bit of detail. Um, and so, of course, uh, Telus was kind of in on the whole thing with the conspiracy, and this, and uh, and so now it's Joe that goes that uh, that confronts uh, Saturn Girl and says that he that he knows about the con- the conspiracy, and of course she tries to play dumb, which hmm. you know that's not really her thing, 
Um, nice to go the full ultra boy. He's not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers it's him. No, he's like nobody. <laughs> no, he don't ever go full ultra boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he says. He, he says, "I'm not going to tell you what you're doing is right or wrong, but don't take Lara along." Um, and just talking about sort of the connection between Glorith and uh, and and Valor. And um, so he's saying, you know, don't underestimate her hold on him. And, uh, you know, because now this is, now he's the guy that that, uh, that that she created, as opposed to it being Superboy who, you know, she didn't have the control over him at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, she, she, so he just tells her, you know what? I got no time to explain this to you. It's all in my brain. All right, you, you, no jokes. You dig in and no check jokes. It out. <laughs> you, you go in and check it out. His... <laughs> <laughs> and it takes her all of about a second. Um... <laughs> she looks deep into his eyes, sees the back of his head. <laughs> hey, you guys, just watch out. He's awesome. This book, guys, come on. <laughs> it's oh, true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But here we are in page four, and already it's begun. Um, so he he says to her, "No one can ever know. Remember what happened to Brainiac Five, and of course that was what uh, he's referring to uh, the Omega incident where where Brainy went nuts. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to play into so much Legion history. Oh, um, yeah. I should I should note actually um, the creative team. It's uh, before we before we get any further, uh, we got Dougie Braithwaite on pencils, and this is the first thing I remember reading by him. I loved him in the Police Academy movie." <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Um, he never went on to do anything, did he? <laughs> but but it's you know this is actually the, remembering this issue is a big part of why I usually pick up things that that he does. And I mean his style, you know, he, he's he, it's, it's evolved a lot since then. Um, yeah. Especially with faces. Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I and I think actually part of that was calculated because I really get the impression in looking through a lot of this, he was doing his best to do a a, a, Kurt, a Kurt Swan impression. There's a there's a lot mm. you, you see in here where where it really sort of resembles a, a Kurt Swan layout. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that- uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying it's it's not bad, but um, I don't know. Saturn Girl looks like she's really enjoying reading uh, Joe's mind there on the bottom of that page. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all. That's really all it's up there, right? That's a spank bank and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think. Um, Doug Hazelwood and Larry Malstead doing the inks, and uh, Todd Klein with the letters. Uh, future uh, Legion writer Tom McCraw doing the colors and Michael Yuri editing. Um, so uh, we we cut to uh, so they're saying you know hey we we, we still got to do it and 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 he's saying ah it's gonna be messy, uh, but then they show um, the Legion at uh, on Baldur which is where Glorith was from uh, with her palace and. Um, they're basically saying you have to pay the price for what you did to Daxum, and we're going to make sure that you do. Who's that dude there in the front? Uh, Ron. Vidal. Ron, yeah. That's his yeah. Green Lantern costume. Oh, he's yeah. a Green Lantern? Yeah. Because yep. this was around, what, issue 48 or something of the of the previous of the, yeah, Baxter, the Baxter run. run. Baxter run. No. Ron Vidar is the guy that created the Times Cube, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah, Universal's son. 
because remember Universal used to be a Green Lantern, and right, right, right. and and so and you um, want to steal the ring back back in the the the, the Legion Final Crisis dealy. That's right. right. Exactly. That's, why That's right. He killed him. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. And know. and of course, uh, you know, in in another story, we'd been we'd been led to believe that Ron Vidar had been killed, and uh, we later discovered that he had become a Green Lantern. Right. Comics Which is. is much better they're, than they're being basically down. redoing the final battle at the end of conspiracy just mm-hmm. instead of time travel we got glorith here the same people there yeah and then supergirl but or sorry not supergirl but uh, <laughs> well uh, and and again one of the one of the divergences right and um yeah. because of course supergirl wouldn't have been there during the original conspiracy because she was deed Though I do have um, to i have to wonder what is duo damsel doing here last time she had a, a very uh you know, personal reason to be there because of her Superboy fascination, mm-hmm. but uh, she never really explained why she's in the on the conspiracy on this. But uh, they don't. It just it just happens. I guess you know. It, it it seems like it just happens because she happened to be in the cafeteria right, yeah. at the time they were all talking about it. It's like I, I guess we got to bring her along because <laughs> you know she'll be awesome against the cosmic power villain. Targets. Maybe she like yeah. Meat, meat shields times two. <laughs> she'll, she'll draw fire. Operation <laughs> get behind Duo Damsel. Then. <laughs> but but you're right. There was a there was a motivation for each member of the conspiracy before, and that's actually how a lot of people figured out the clues, right? Um, as to what what they were doing, because for ages we we kind of had ideas of who was involved, but we had no idea what they were doing. Um. Anyway, so uh, so yes, she uh, she takes them out. She gives them all. Uh, she uh, she again takes out one of the uh, uh, the duo damsel bodies as as the time trapper did, and uh, and she essentially takes out all of them except for Valor, of course. I find and... it fascinating that you skipped over the panel where Brainiac Five gets a boulder in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? That dude just got a boulder in the face, and Paula's just gonna go right by it. <laughs> All right, That's yes, crazy. he got a, a boulder to the face. It actually looks like it took his head off. <laughs> it totally does. Because <laughs> when you look at where the word balloon is placed, it's like oh. a good few inches back. <laughs> it's like it's stuck on his head now, like Mr. Canoe Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he's Mr. Canoe Head. Look it up, kids. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so uh, and then uh, yeah, so she takes out uh, and and. Saturn Girl doesn't even get a, a full boulder. It's just a little rock. <laughs> it's um, that's, that's it. That's all you need. Um, you know, that's that's hearkening back to the old Legion stories because, you know, she's just a girl. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, it and almost looks like she's getting taken out by the force shield. <laughs> it does. Way to go, Brady. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Sometimes it just comes out like that. I can't control it. Yeah, yeah, because suddenly Brainy's force shield is more like the cone of silence. Um, <laughs> I swear this has never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it I happens to all guys with force shield there. belts. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, so and then she um, takes out uh, uh, Green Lan- the Green Lantern with, of course, yellow energy. You know, lightning. Oh uh, yeah, yellow energy. All right, so so now it's just uh, it's just down to Valor, mm-hmm. and um, he says it's between you and me, and I swore I'd never kill, but I'll gladly break that oath. And uh, and and she says, oh, you know, never mind, and uh, and breaks it breaks in for the big, big smooch and sucks the yeah. life out of him. But um, 
Olar there. He looks pretty uh, upset to be <laughs> being touched by a girl. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so we cut to uh, Saturn Girl, who's who's starting to come too, and she says, "We're dead. She's too powerful." Joe was right. Get out of here. Those words have <laughs> never been written before. <laughs> they were breaking new ground with this issue. <laughs> Dear God. So um, so she says that, and Glorith is like, job, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Way to go. You know, <laughs> it was all fine before, but now she knows. Um, Joe was right. She created a legion and can destroy it. Um. And so we cut to Rimbor. Uh, we kind of we kind of go back through time. Bilu, bilu, bilu. Hey, I see a super a super shield there. <gasps> oh, yeah, <gasps> sneaky. They don't mention Gasp. it, and a planet, just like on top of the Daily Planet. That's right. I know, probably <laughs> sad, but whatever. It's probably yeah. <laughs> um, and the Karate Kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we kind of go back through. I you know I've never noticed the, the S shield there. Um, so she says Joe was right. We see Rimbor, and we know it's Rimbor because um, there's a Silver Ale billboard. <laughs> mm, yes. And, um, With a Dorland spokesma person. Yes, exactly. Um, so uh, we see Joe's parents holding him, saying that someday he'll grow up to take over the, uh, the whole farm. Uh, apparently it was an independent vertical farm on Rimbor. And the guys from Silver Ale come in. Buddy? What's that? You mean without the farms on Rimbor, there would be no vertical services whatsoever? <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's crazy talk. Um, and so uh, the guys from Silver Ale come over saying, uh, you, you know, they, they look they look like they're strong arm and Joe's dad. And um, and so he says, I already told you I work for myself. And they say, oh, yeah, well, maybe this will help you reconsider. Yeah, see? Yeah, um, that's that's where the whole Ultra Dillinger thing ended up coming in. We're going to buy um, your farm. See, and you're <laughs> going to take it. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and he says to him, remember, um, so he says, you know, you have to, they say his wife is saying you have to do what they say. And he says, I'm an independent farmer. I'll stay independent till I die. He says, remember that son, there's nothing more important than staying free. You have to be strong to be free. But as long as you're free, you can do anything. So, um he uh, decides that what that means is I'm going to join a gang. <laughs> yeah, good job, Dad. <laughs> yeah, he joins the, the Black Borlats. And... His, his dad's a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, yes. man, don't harsh his buzz. He's learning. He's learning from the school of life. <laughs> Nothing more important than that, man. <laughs> Grab me another silver ale. <laughs> Even though um, they... Guys that make even, it beat up all even the time. they just beat me up, exactly. It's karma, um, man. Karma's gonna get him. Don't worry about it. And that's exactly it. She's his mom's saying, you know, you missed your vid lessons again. And he says, but I'm busy, and 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 uh, yeah, Dad's like, hey, man, yeah, <laughs> leave him alone. You don't learn from a vid. You learn from real life. Um, and she says, but a boy can get in so much trouble. And he says, you know, the world only rewards those who learn the rules early and well. And so we see him out there and he is, um, indeed, you know, doing the whole gang thing. Oh, yeah. And, and, um, you know, he's going to try and swipe a, uh, jet scooter. Uh, but they were in the wrong territory. They were in Bronx territory. 
Oh, knows. That's right. That's right. So, um, so uh, basically, the one of the uh, one of the other one of the other gangs, uh, one of the guys. Uh, I guess he is another boy lad, isn't he? This is what gets when they get back, and um, the uh, the gang found them, and they said they were just delivering some wagers. And he gets back and uh, and gets uh, gets the back of. Uh, uh, of the gang leader's hand. He says, you little moron, what was the, what's the first rule of the street? Never let them know what you know. That's going to be important. Hmm. Never let them know what you know. Yeah. Brain dead. Yeah, That's, That's right. the ru- first rule of the street. <laughs> he says, but it wasn't my fault. And he says, second of all, second rule, don't fight a, ever fight a battle unless it's on your terms. So he goes back to get the uh, the wagers and um <laughs> gets the crap beat out of him. <laughs> yeah. Um and they say next time you're in Bronco territory territory you're dead. And uh, he gets back and the guy says, "Well, bloody grief, of course you got your butt kicked." Uh because he forgot, of course, the second rule of the street. Fight your battles, sniff. It's a perfect opportunity for a choke. Fight your <laughs> battles, choke on your own terms. <laughs> mm. Um so uh, we we see the the Bronx again, and we uh, and and they kind of bait a bait a trap for them, and they uh, come in to teach Sai, who's the gang leader, uh, not to mess with uh, with the Bronx girl, and um, and it turns they out, out the, they the knocked cops. him out exactly exactly. <laughs> so the Rimbor cops come and get him, and uh, mm-hmm. they round them all up. So so he says, "What do you think about those losers now?" And he says, "Who cares about them?" Um, she says, Guy was always mad to me anyway. And he says, well, honey, your days of rough treatment are over. Um, and so, uh, so Joe's of course upset about this. Cause you know, he's like, she's hot. And now she's after him. I mean, look at that goofy hat he wears with the feather <laughs> in cool it, hipster hat. <clears throat> but it's got a feather in it. You know, that's, um, uh, for the hipsters have feathers in their hair. <laughs> it looks like a, a hipster hat. It almost looks like a hockey jersey underneath his jacket there. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so uh, <clears throat> they get out there, and uh, one of his friends start. They're they're out at out at a bar, and and they're chatting up a couple of girls. One one of them looks like she is from from Talak, and they say, "Hey, aren't you guys from the Black Borlats?" And he says, "Yeah, we're the ones who set up the Bronx and made them pay." And um, uh, he's basically talking it all up, and and Joe's like, "Dude, oh, slow it down, huh? Like, uh, you, you know, you're you're giving him too much info. Yeah, don't be stupid, and you know what's going to happen because, of course, third rule of the street. All right, so we got the first first rule of the street is never let them know what you know. Second rule of the street is always fight your battles on your own terms. Third rule, never let your guard down. They can get you at any time. These will that's all the be fourth rule. They do." There is no number four. Um, um, yeah, no, the you can't one. win a land war in Asia. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Inconceivable. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So so you know his buddies. You know, hey, you sounded, uh, you sounded just like Sai, and he takes. The, so he takes both of the girls out, and of course, um, he they, they ends up dead, dead in an alley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Life on Rimbor, people. <laughs> yep. So um, we get uh, so of course he's upset about it, and um, Anne and Sai pull him out of the uh, out of the alley, and um, 
Joe's dad saying, son, I don't care for that crowd you're hanging out with. I mean, bloody liberty, that boy was murdered. And Joe wearing a truly <laughs> awful costume. Jeez. What is that? What is wow. going on there? Dear Lord. Yeah. I think he's going to hang out with Darren. <laughs> I think he is. Oh, the pride parade's on. Yeah. The Rimbor pride parade, exactly. Um, he says he could take care of himself and um, and, and, and now suddenly his dad. his dad cares. Yeah, yeah. Well, would you care if your kid was going out like just like that? Well, yeah, uh, he doesn't really care where he goes as long as he doesn't wear short shorts. <laughs> it's more. It's the clothes you're wearing, son. <laughs> Have a so, little self-respect, <laughs> For the love of God, you look like Cosmic Boy in his bustier. <laughs> I figure. I figure if we're gonna dig on uh, Ultra Boy while Josh isn't here, we're gonna dig on uh, the bustier while Darren's not here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and and that's like the only panel that we see this out. Yeah, well, they they smartened up. They're like, holy, what did we do that last page? Yeah, they're, they're, they're looking at us like, dude, what were you thinking? Draw him different on the next page. Yeah. Um, so we get back, and now he's uh, wearing a different uh, a different outfit, and he's actually going to um, uh, a class with Anne. Now, now Anne had Anne kind of just showed up in uh, in in the Legion later on, but it was kind of neat how they've wove, woven her into uh, into his backstory a bit more. Um, so she says she's going to be a performer. Uh, there's stage classes, and so in they go to do this acting and. Um, and she, he's like, but but what about Sai? And she goes, ah, he thinks this is for sissy, sissies. But you know better, don't you? So they go in and they're acting. They're acting. They're in the light and they do this scene from Lita eighty seven. <laughs> My favorite. Sounds like <laughs> standing is a killer. They're making point. I don't know. It wasn't um, as good as Lita eighty six, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, once once you get up to eighty seven, a number, you know, eighty seventh sequel, it's just not as good. Um. So um, he gets he gets called up by the teacher and, and she says, why don't you tell me you're an advanced student? And he says, but I'm not. I've never acted a day in my life. But everybody's all choked up by his performance. It was so powerful. And uh, she says, well, if that's true, you've got quite a gift. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can act, too. Um, so the Bronx, uh, they, they kidnap Anne. And uh, and Sai says, "We're hey, we're gonna we're gonna really uh, make the biggest we're gonna make them pay biggest bloodbath they've ever seen." And Joe says, "No, I'll go in on my own and and get her." And, and at least was, Joe was upgraded from his booty shorts to bicycle shorts. <laughs> bicycle so. shorts, exactly. <laughs> Good lord, um, dude, dude changes. He's just like pretty woman for Christ's sake. <laughs> but but you look through this like like we're you know we're on page thirteen. Dude's got more wardrobe changes than Cher. Um, <laughs> So, so um, he says, he says, you know, (laughs) he says they'll kill you. And he says, not if they don't recognize me because I'm going to use my powers of acting. (laughs) (laughs) Acting. Acting. And uh, so he gets there disguised as the as the power man. You got to read your meters. And he's uh, he's cutting the skies of a hat. Exactly. (laughs) And a mustache like the dude from uh, One Day at a Time. Yeah, he's Schneider. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Please remember and don't ever forget. Um, so he goes in to read the meters and uh, and he does he stage whispers, you know, Han, it's me, Joe. And, Han, uh, it's me, Joe. <laughs> and, and says, take this gun. We're getting out of here. 
and um and and so they 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 take off in the hover car and you and see his hat his flying hat. off because he's dead he doesn't need the disguise anymore um so okay back off next guy who makes a move is dead never get away with this into the speeder and and off they go and um and she says you were fantastic and they get back and Sai is kind of upset by all this because she's like and his disguise was perfect you should have seen him and look i'm wearing saturn girl's 1970s costume almost yeah um and Sai is thoroughly unimpressed. And um, so later, um, um, so Sai decides, hey, you know, you know, we just brought you back from from nearly getting killed, and uh, and we're gonna, you know, try and get you killed anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, but no, instead, instead they I decide to go into tight over here. They decide to go into space and mess with Imskian dragon hunters. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, I just settled so, for handy in the backyard there, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to play it. <laughs> you, you do your thing. Uh. Yeah. Um, and so, um, <laughs> ironically, Joe gets swallowed uh, by the space hey. dragon. Hey, now. Um, and uh, we see um, the Inskians cut him out of the space dragon because his ship was swallowed by the creature and Sai's saying, it's all my fault. And, uh, and Anne's like, yeah, no, duh. Uh, he <laughs> said, just and, had sex in the bedroom, like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, you got, you got to mess with the friggin' dra- dragon hunters. Awesome. Cause you know what, dra- you know what dragon hunters hunt freaking dragons. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than just a clever name. Um, so he's like, but I was just having a little fun. And she says, if it hadn't been for Joe, that dragon would have swallowed us. And oh, um, and he says, well, I just didn't see it in time. And she says, and if the dragon didn't get us, the Inskins probably would have blasted us out of the sky. Because remember, the Inskins were much more warlike in, uh, in by, the, by this point, right? Yes. Um, this just kind of ties in with the fact that the, um, you know, we we I don't think we had even seen what, it wasn't for a few more issues that we'd find out what would, what happened at Bonato Bay. They right. just kind of filled in on something had happened. Um, yeah. So his parents, um, uh, you know, show up at the hospital and they're asking if he's going to make it. And they say, well, he was lucky. It actually wasn't a space dragon. It was an ultra energy beast. Right. Oh, like, well, you know. <laughs> well, that's so much better. He was <laughs> swallowed, swallowed by something completely different. Especially since he's talking to an uniform that appears to be covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's like, he doesn't bother to change or nothing. He's just like, oh yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> uh, uh, looking at the uh, at the image of Joe uh, above there, it's either that or it's uh, it's just dragon phlegm, amniotic <laughs> <laughs> fluid or something. Yeah, exactly. He says uh, uh, so. He says that he was irradiated with ultra energy, and that ultra energy is healing his injuries. And that is quite a, a little peekaboo outfit uh, <laughs> Mrs. Na is wearing. Um, <laughs> Mm. And they said he's gaining some strange form of invulnerability. Mm. So um, they said, well, he may recover completely and should recover consciousness uh, gradually. So he wakes up and um, he's, (laughs) hey, this is Joe. He's looking through the nurse's clothes. Um, (laughs) And so they discover that basically when he drops the invulnerability, he can shift the energy to other parts of his body. Um, into his muscles. And he says, I can't even begin to guess what kind of strength that it could entail. Into his eyes. He's embarrassed a few of the nurses. Set my lab coat on fire. And he says, well, I'm learning to control it. Um, 
So Sai uh, comes out, comes in, and he's like, "Hey, I don't know what to say. I've never been so scared." And he says, "You know, Sai, it's not just one stupid stunt; it's your whole routine." Uh, what about the time? Isn't it about time we stopped tearing the neighborhood, uh, tearing apart the neighborhood, and tried to build it into something? You know, stop this gang warfare crap once and for all. So, uh, so they say, "Okay, we're going to go legit." And um, and so the other gang members are like. <laughs> How come Joe's got another weird outfit? (laughs) (laughs) He just hates pants. (laughs) Oh my God. He's a pastor at heart. Look at him. I'm not sure. He may be stuffing some socks down there from what it looks like. (laughs) No, he's just focused all his ultra energy. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, ultra wiener. Hey, well, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Ultra <laughs> so, um, ah, poor Darren's missing out. Yeah, I, yeah, my <laughs> God. Um, so, so he's so the other gang members are a bit skeptical. One of them says, "What happens when the rocks decide they don't like our business?" And um, and Sai says, "We're tough enough to stand up for ourselves, especially with Joel around." I mean, <laughs> look at his so package. Mostly he's tough enough. We're just going to be <laughs> hanging back and uh, chilling out. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it turns out and, uh, dumps Sai and says she's going over to Joe and, um, um, and, 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 you know, and, and Sai kind of feels bad about it. He says, yeah, I guess I kind of figured that was going to happen. It's my own fault. I made a mistake. I've made a lot of mistakes. This happened for one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, all, all these centuries and How this is I the kind of hat I wear. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, just just fashion alone. Yeah. Um, well, and and now I know I've made some fashion mistakes, but the guy you're going to seriously. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, so he and Anne are sitting under a tree because that's what you do. And um, she says, "You're going to go places, Joe. Maybe we can go there together." And he says, "I hope so." So um, he's hanging out and he's starting to wear an outfit that looks a little bit more like what the costume will come to be. Um, and they the hear the, sorry, I got the pirate boots anyway. He does. He does. He's got, and he's wearing, you know, red with a green symbol. And, um, and of course, and, and of course, because it's, it's not the, the 90s, championship belt yet, but he'll get no, there. no. And, and of course, because it's now the he's 90s, just got he's, he's got himself no. a jacket. Um, I have a jacket. And they're excited because mm-hmm. um, because uh, Sugin is out there, and Sugin's kind of a big futuristic Viking. This um, marks the Sugin. first time anyone's ever been excited by Sugin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Devil's Dozen is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but but what's more important is that he's fighting a legionnaire, Ooh. and so hey, got to check this out. And it turns out to be Phantom Girl, and uh, ooh, and, I bet Dan uh, regrets that a little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, it, so it close. Looked, so it close. looks like Sugan was trying to have sex with this large block, and then Phantom <laughs> Girl jumped on it, and he's <laughs> upset now. <clears throat> oh. So he says, "That's Phantom Girl." Wow. And she says, "Let her handle it, Joe." And he says, "But she could get hurt." And she says, "Stay out of it." But of course, <clears throat> being the gallant fellow that he is, um, he uh, indeed uh, gets in there, and with a with a quick sabam. Uh, manages to take her out. Says, "Hey, lay off the lady, you big oaf." 
I don't know. And it looks like Sugan has the magical uh, superpower to make <laughs> Phantom Girl pass gas. <laughs> yep. No, I think he's uh, he's blowing his super garlic breath on. Oh, is that what he's doing? <laughs> mistake. <sighs> Do you notice that he's he's wearing like a Fred Flintstone uh, shirt? Yeah, yeah. So he eats a bunch yeah. of Bronto ribs, and suddenly his breath is just. <laughs> Him and Morty have the same he needs, style. He needs to, yeah, he needs to come exactly. back and get some revenge on the Legionnaires. <laughs> no kidding, eh? I would, I would love to see the current Legion fight Sugan. Oh God! Wow. wow. So anyway, so he, um, so Joe introduces himself to, uh, to Phantom Girl, and he says, uh, and she says, I don't know how to thank you, and he's like, I'll find you a way, baby. Hey, um, but uh, but <laughs> that's what he's thinking. But he what he actually I don't know says, either. Derp. <laughs> <laughs> what he says is really just getting the chance to meet a legionnaire is all the thanks I could ever ask for. Um, Anne is unimpressed. <laughs> wow. So Fantinia says, "Well, I hope we'll see you again." And he's like, "Yeah." And she drags him away, saying, "All the thanks I could ever ask for." Jeez. So. Um, and and this is kind of kind of a, a a funny little bit that they've they've worked in is when he gets uh, invited for a tryout. Um, he is it's actually he's competing with Reflecto. <laughs> that's a um, big retcon too, right? Oh, big time! To that the Reflecto ends up being a, a different person. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so Saga, he is simply Saga, Reflecto. Saga, Saga, Saga. Yeah. Um, so um, Marla says to him, you know, we know you've, uh, you know, been a bit of trouble. Uh, none of that Rimborian rowdiness because alliteration always works. By that, he means tight pants and uh, <laughs> will play in the Legion. Short, he's, short. Like, he's like, yeah, you got to lose some of those <laughs> costumes, dude. We insist on pants in the Legion. Except for the- At least wear tights underneath the short shorts. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. <laughs> Look at that nice boy, Lightning Lad. He does it and gets away just, just fine. That's totally true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought he just had one of those Jersey Shore tans. That's why his legs were all orange like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so be. he says, hey, I've got, I, I got a Legion tryout. And she goes, but aren't you a little young to be leaving Rimbor? And he says, hey, that's only if I make it. And I'd be coming back all the time. What he means is, no, I'm See not coming later. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's Sorry, there's like there's like super yeah. chicks there. Um, so he of course flies I'm the Nova Express <laughs> one at a time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know we'll, we'll mm. make the long distance thing work, right? 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 I'm just around with a whole bunch of hot chicks all the time, and mm-hmm. they wear skimpy totally. costumes. But nothing ever happened. Right, and so here's I'll the, totally call you. Here's the funny thing though is that uh, you know Marla's like you know saying to him you know hey we're gonna. We're going to give you a chance, give you a chance for a fresh start. And I'm going to totally wear a costume just like yours. <laughs> yeah, there's no impartiality here. Like, I think yeah. I'm cheering for this guy. Yeah. Reflecto, it, go fuck yourself. It might not go well for you, Reflecto, because <laughs> nobody's wearing your costume. <laughs> he doesn't look happy uh, about it either. He's like, he's like, he's like wait, wait a second. The deck seems to be somewhat stacked. Um, it's just because Ultra Boy actually has some powers. <laughs> oh, he totally has powers. What are you talking about? So, um, 
uh, and and so Tinya comes over, and yeah, so so to to add insult to injury, not only is the guy who's running the tryouts wearing the same costume as Joe, um, but one of the Legionnaires comes up and uh, and, and hits on him. Make yeah. out with him. Yeah, yeah. So so Reflecto's got to be like, dude, seriously? Why why did I even show up? Honestly, you could have just said no. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, that's just um, embarrassing. <laughs> We've decided to go another way with this. Sorry, Reflecto, maybe next time. That would have been a lot better than, hey, come on out and we'll humiliate you in front of every single Legionnaire. That'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, so. um, By the way, we're not even validating your parking. See you later. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, yeah. That Nova Express ticket, totally on your dime, dude. Um (laughs) You don't even get a flight belt. Get the hell out. <laughs> so, of course, as we remember, uh, Joe, when Joe first first appeared in, in the previous continuity in uh, Superboy 98, he was sent to go back and discover Superboy's secret identity, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, now what he's been... It's him and Clark were checking each other out with their vision all the time. <laughs> and you're like, why do they keep looking at other dudes through their clothes? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> and so um, now he's been asked to program the time bubble and go back to the 20th century and discover the story behind the disappearance of Lar- Largand. You know, you got to give it to the Legion to just say, well, you know what? Maybe your Legion material, but why don't, why don't we just give you the keys to this time bubble so you can do whatever you want to to the past, yeah. and maybe we'll let you in. You do know how to drive a time bubble, right? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> just don't give the keys to Colossal Boy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and and so, uh, yeah, so, you know, and again, you know, Phantom's Girl's, Phantom Girl's going to be rooting for him, just further hammering the nail in Reflecto's coffin. Um, so he's like, Largan, the great hero Valor. And he goes, that's the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, saying about how his legendary career ended rather suddenly in the late 20th century. Mm-hmm. Your assignment is to find out what happened to him. So Joe's pretty excited about this. Um, he's like, you know, hey, you know, not only have you given me the keys to the time bubble, but you're not driving. I am. Um, <laughs> and they hit the uh, they hit basically what sort of resembles the Iron Curtain of Time. Um, oh. And it it makes them very old and then makes them very young. Um, says we overshot our destination, but I think I can bring us down safely. And um, so they get out of the uh, out of the. Uh, time stream and they show up in the midst of a huge battalion of uh, starships fleeing the Cylons <laughs> exactly and um, it's, it must be the 20th century because uh, Valor is wearing the largest Bluetooth headset you've ever seen um, and um, and he's he's flying around and looking for uh, and they're looking for um, you know disturbances and um and it turns can out there's – sorry, go ahead. Can I just ask a question? What good is a microphone that big going to do in outer space? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, speak really loudly into it. <laughs> he uses super ventriloquism to, uh, to put – no, sorry. Um, Ultra ventriloquism? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Valor Not ventriloquism. Valentriloquism. <laughs> oh, man. So – uh, Breath from his his mouth makes enough atmosphere for the sound to travel as far as the micro the the microphone. There you go. Um, so uh, he shows up. You know they they bas- they basically um, 
there's a mayday that the uh, they're under fire from Dominion warships and he the he laser from his belly. He flies oh, in <laughs> shot in the belly. Never mind. Sorry. I thought that saves was the time party. bubble from destru- destruction <laughs> and um, and he says and he asks them, who are you? Where did you come from? And he says he's and uh, Joe says, uh, uh, Rimbor, I come from Rimbor. And he's Rimbor. That civilization died eons ago until I get out there and see <laughs> the world, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and so uh, Joe's like, I'll explain later. I'm a little busy now. And uh, so the Dominators take off and they find one of the Dominators and it turns out he was trying to help them. And he explains to them that there's this foul um, uh, scheme of the highest caste um, and, and how they're going after Earth because of the power gene. Of course, what, they, what he's referring to is, is the invasion uh, event. Oh, yeah, invasion. Hmm? Um, and so um, so he says, they have to be stopped no matter what it takes. And uh, so he says, he, he says we need to <laughs> mount an attack force. I trust I can count on your assistance. And he's like, uh, no, sorry, dude, I'm out. <laughs> this met, dude, that's a little heavy. Let's like, yeah, ask yeah. me to move the first time I meet you. Hey, exactly. you want to come help me move? Uh, what? Oh. <laughs> so off they go back to the time bubble. And he's like, but, but who are you? How do I contact you? And he's like, what's that all about? You don't. So they call you. Yeah. So they get back. They get back, and um, well, you know, he says to reflect. Oh, well, congratulations, you're a shoe in now. And he goes, but surely they'll give you a second test. I mean, the dude's wearing your costume. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what initiation test they gave to reflect though. They didn't let him in. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So he says, actually, congratulations. Cause comes up and says, congratulations are in order for both of you. It says, reflecto, you completed your assignment admirably. Very nice scores. And Jonah, you did better still, compiling the second highest score for an applicant ever. Oh. Ever. Uh, and he's like, what? And uh, Well, Facto obviously says, Marla fudged the scores for him. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says, uh, and so Brainy says, we never expected you to succeed. It was virtually an impossible mission. <laughs> oh, the Kobayashi Maru. Oh, no. That's right. He says, we were measuring your performance, and it was exceptional, especially given the unexpected complications. You say, yeah, you, yeah, you know, no guff. Um, yeah. So he takes the pledge oh. and joins, and um, and Tinya's happy for him, like throwing herself at him. And, uh, and he's saying, but there's something wrong. Something doesn't add up. And I noticed there's a, a distinct absence of reflecto in that uh, pledge. I guess I just to give him the boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> said, exactly. Oh, great job. See you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, Congratulations good, uh... to both of you. All right. Uh... No, just get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all, all the people who are going to be legionnaires take a step forward. Not so Wait. fast, reflecto. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. See, again, he's like, oh, yes. Congratulations in order for both of you. <gasps> He gets his hopes up and then get the fuck out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but congratulations are actually a little bit less for you, dude. <laughs> congratulations may be too strong a word. You, I mean ultra boy. Get out. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. Um, yeah. So... He goes into the lab and Brainy's, you know, trying to get some work done. And he says, uh, you know, if we hadn't stumbled into the path of that fleet by a complete accident, Valor might never have learned about the Dominator plot. And he might never have become the great hero we all remember. Um, he might have just ended up being some douchebag with a really huge Bluetooth headset. Um, 
And he says, you're, you know, and so, uh, so Brainy says, you're right to be concerned, but you probably just displaced displace some other event that would have accomplished the same thing. Um, so Brainy all of a sudden is looking at, you know, predeterminism or something. And, um, and he says, and Joe, but Joe, you know, he keeps thinking about it. Oh yeah. Old boy put the clues together. There are more thinky faces in this DC (laughs) spread than have ever been in any comic featuring old boy. Um, he says, he's thinking, I, I don't buy it. You know, I mean, I was there. It felt like we were being manipulated. Um, you know, like puppets on strings. That was just Marla giving him the reach around in the Which back takes of the Which takes us back to the <laughs> cover, right? The beautiful Adam Hughes cover. Uh, right. With Glorith oh, str- pulling the strings, oh. you see? It all fits together. Exactly. Um, so uh, so he says, you know, so somebody used us to help create the legend of Largand. And whoever that somebody was, they must be more powerful than anything we've ever dreamed of. This calls for investigation. But of the completely discreet variety. Can't forget the first rule of the street. See, I told you this was coming back. Never let them know what you know. Street. Oh, so, so he uh, he starts talking to Marla, and he's like, "So, you know, what do you think happened in the time bubble? In the time bubble?" And he says, "Like, eh, I've never felt anything like it, but I remember witnesses once describing a similar effect." And uh, he says this was back in uh, 2949, and of course we know what this is going to come back to. Oh, back in the Um, days. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so he says, um, he says there was, uh, you know, like this, this purple glow, right? Um, so, Invisible Kid sees uh, Joe's looking at this major disturbance in the time stream back in twenty nine forty nine, and um, and Invisible Kid says that one hasn't been charted. Looks like it originated out of the twentieth century. And he says, mm. even stranger than that, you'd expect there to be a counterbalancing disturbance. Mm. All of a sudden, Joe is uh, he's he's into the temporal physics. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, and, and there it is, but it hasn't struck yet. It's still floating there in the time stream, 30 days in the future. Like it's just waiting there. Um, so he says, Hey, you know, why don't you run this past, uh, past brainy? And he's, yeah, sure. And he says, and it ties into the 20th century. You know, who you should talk to RJ brand. He's a total 20th century buff. Nerd. Yeah. yeah. 20th century nerd. <laughs> nerd. So, so Joe decides to do this by breaking in. Um, <laughs> like you do when the, you're talking about the world's richest dude. Right. Exactly. He doesn't have any security at all. <laughs> so he breaks in and he says, he says, you know, it's really weird. He says the brand is the absolute key to the formation of the Legion. And he happens, just happens to be a 20th century buff. And it turns out he has no verifiable history before 2959. And I think this is where they finally proved what it was you know i mean because I, I think they had hinted at it in, in at, at, up to this point but we didn't know for sure or did no we did i guess when, we did. didn't yeah. that uh they, they in, in issue eight that's right again, didn't yeah, they? In, in, like, issue eight, eight, eight so. yeah. yeah they did they did so so we did know that he was the derlin from legion um anyway he catches uh joe as he's as he's breaking in he's looking at the um uh, the 20th century collection, which seems to consist of like a, a, a an airplane hanging from the uh, from the top, just looks like a, a Picasso in the background, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and a picture of of an African warrior speaking of packages. Um, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so when when so when um, all of a sudden uh, R J realizes that it's Ultra Boy, he apologizes. In another costume. 
in yet another costume, indeed. And costume. Um, and so he says, "You're gonna have to." He says, "Sorry to invade your privacy like this, sir. Really." He says, "But I have to know: Are you from the 20th century? Did you show up in the time disturbance of 2949?" And RJ is shocked. Shocked, I say. Well, you have to give Ultra Boy this. He may not be the smartest uh, kid on the block, but he has the most uncanny ability to draw the wildest conclusions in this comic that I've ever seen in my entire life. He's, he's right. like the Super Friends computer. <laughs> they just feed a bunch of random crap in there, and it's like, oh, yeah, obviously. He's like, 20th century. He likes the 20th century. He must be from the 20th century, right? That's right. <laughs> so, um, you know, because he's got no history from 10 years since before 10 years after the time disturbance. So it must be him. Um, yes, there are some intuitive leaps for sure. Um, but this is all he's been thinking about, right? So, um, so. You can only think uh, of one thing at a time, so give him a break. Mm-hmm. Hey, for that right, one thing at right. a time, he thinks about, he thinks about really, really well. <laughs> he, he's, he's like yeah. a dog with a bone. Um, <laughs> So he says, uh, so RJ tells him, you know, hey, I got reasons for keeping the secret. Uh, if you could, uh, you know, trust me and keep it quiet. And he says, hey, I got no interest in exposing anything, but I just had to know. And he says, well, what difference could it possibly make that make to you? And he goes, well, I have my reasons for keeping that a secret. So you'll have to trust oh, me. In snap. other words, I gotcha. Uh, and of course, he invokes the first rule of the street. Never let them know what you know. Um, <clears throat> and so... RJ says, okay, I guess we will agree to disagree. And uh, and we see his, his transform. It looks like a transformer head. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know and, where he got that. Yeah. His and, car. Uh, this is like a Buick sitting in the middle of the room. <laughs> exactly. And uh, he says, I guess we'll just Doesn't respect. Where you keep your car? No, totally. Yeah, my living room right here. I can see it. <laughs> he says, yeah. we'll respect each other's privacy and promise each other not a word to anyone. Let us never speak of this again. <laughs> and and, and I, I wonder if uh, Dougie was uh, breaking another one of those rules like he did before in that uh, picture in the top left-hand corner there. Nice, suspicious-looking uh, gentleman wearing glasses. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could be. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so he goes back to his room, gets into his other costume, and... Um, <laughs> And he says, yes, some mysterious manipulator helped create the Largand legend. He's the inspiration of the Legion. And it just somehow made sense that the same manipulator also had a hand in the making of R.J. Brand, the guy who started the Legion. Largand and R.J. Brand. Their names even rhyme. Two of the most powerful and most dangerous forces in the universe, both unwitting puppets of that mysterious manipulator. The Legion itself, actually created by that manipulator to her to serve some hidden secret purpose. Hmm. I don't know what could it what it could be. Maybe I could ask Brainy. No, first rule of the street. Can't ever forget it. Never let them know what you know. <sighs> and so, but you know, it it turns out Invisible Kid uh, rats him out to Brainy. And uh, Brainy says, Hey, you know, it spurred me on to check the time stream, and look what I found. Your counterbalancing disturbance that's just hanging out there. It comprises a seemingly impenetrable iron curtain of time set 30 days in the future, which means we're bound to see uh, the image. Yeah, so we get the uh, the familiar image of them flying against the... Uh, well, see, they, they're in time bubbles. It should have been them flying up against it like they used to. Yeah, headbutting it. <laughs> yeah. So he says, um, geographically, the, ba- the barrier originated in the Balder system, home of an upstart empress named Glorith. 
and who she apparently has some sort of mystical time powers. So they ha- the only picture they have of her is in the nude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Angry, with angry Playboy. Face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, this this came out during the election. It was awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they send uh, Lara, Laurel, and Ultra Boy to check it out and see if you can figure out its uh, per- purpose. Try to break through the barrier. So up they go against it, and sabam. Hmm, they're pretty they're lucky they sent uh, Lara, Laurel, and Ultra Boy up there. Like if uh, Saturn Girl had been in one of those bubbles, it would probably wouldn't have gone so well for her. <laughs> not lucky. Yeah, exactly. See, Brainiac Five sent them. He knows. Exactly. Brady's smart. He's, he's smart like that. Um, so um, they see, but they see the same purple glow as the time bubbles blow up. And he says, the my initiation test, when someone, when something set off our time, our time bubble off course. And he says, should we risk uh, more uh, time bubbles on uh, another try? And yeah, they say, sure. They'll just build more. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, no, 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 sorry. No idea what the purpose was. But he's realized that she, that Glorith must be the manipulator behind the Legion. And so they're asking him about this. And he goes, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't know what to add. This one's got me stumped. And they say, oh, if you, yeah, if you, <laughs> if you say so, just don't be shy about giving us your opinion. Okay. So anyway, what's mm-hmm. our next step? And, um, so uh, then we, we switch to the part, the story where, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, where, where uh, you know, that, the, well, I can't remember what the name, what the name of the story was. That's what's, what's escaping me. But it's basically the one where we first, you know, hey, Legion Trader, take a drink. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so this. Yeah, exactly. So this was when uh, Joe did, you know, basically was was thought to be a traitor, and and Phantom Girl, of course, uh, stood up for him. And um, yeah, this was in the the, the three teens of adventure somewhere around. I think, it's adventure, yeah. I think it was Adventure three sixteen, I believe. Three sixteen. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. So um, so um, he said, well, you know, he, he's and some boys saying you had us all fooled. And Matter Lad says, except for Phantom Girl. And some boy says, what a great actor. You're a thespian for the ages, that's for sure. And Will you call me? Wham! Tenzel's offended. He says, well, now, what difference does that make? And uh, he says, huh? I was just trying to say. And he goes, in this day and age, why why should his sexual orientation enter into it? Get it? Thespian? (laughs) (laughs) So, um... So Joe and Tinya are standing around talking. He's like, you know, hey, thanks for being, like, a good pal. (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, seriously? Um, has it ever occurred to you when the girl shows this much interest in the guy, it's more than friendship? And he's sort of, well, gee. And he says, it's just that you never showed any real interest. So I just assumed, she goes, you assumed, you big stupid. What do you expect me to do? And so he's like, wait a second. Wait a second. Playing dumb really is going to work out well for me. Um <laughs> So uh, so she says, you think, a, you think a Brigitte's old woman is going to throw herself at you like one of your Ramborian tarts? And yeah, he gets the whole one. And he says, so uh, does this mean that you like me? And she's looking at him like, seriously, dude? <laughs> Evidently, you can tell that Joe didn't get past his fourth grade education. <laughs> exactly. Too busy hanging out with the black boar lads. I'm surprised he didn't offer a note with a little checkbox on it. Do you like me? Check yes or no. Well, <laughs> a little match. <laughs> the, the public school system on Rimboar doesn't... Uh, doesn't uh, gel well with his dad's hippie values. <laughs> exactly. The public school system on Rimbor doesn't go past fourth grade anyway. So. <laughs> uh, fourth grade's like a PhD. <laughs> four, four, fourth grade's basically where you where you 
get your your job at Silver Ale, and nice. uh, and away you go. So um, anyway, so so that's uh, that's uh, uh, Joe and Tinia together. Um, they really are an item, and it sure took him long enough to get the hint. So she gets, she comes down and says, "Hey, priority one meeting." And he says, "What's up?" And he says, "Saturn, Saturn girl's finally thinking about taking Santa? on more Drew." Saturn girl, Saturn girl. Um, Santa. Yeah. So she, <laughs> Santa. Yes. Well, I mean, it's Santa Mordrew. says we're taking on Mordrew. Well, he kind of looks like uh, Mordrew. Yeah. Um, he says, wouldn't want to be on the naughty list. Um, <laughs> so he's like Mordrew, and she goes, "The merciless," you know. And he goes, "Ming." Well, He's got to be the he's got to be the most powerful, and she says, "Yeah, he's starting to overrun UP, UP worlds wholesale." I guess Saturn Girl finally figures we we're tough enough to take him on. Like, wait, isn't he that guy with that goofy hat? <laughs> yeah, the guy with the purple thing. Other than Sugen? the yeah. water skier, <laughs> the water skiing guy, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, jet ski. <laughs> um, she yeah, says personally, jet ski. Personally, I don't think we'd stand a chance against him. All we could hope to do was slow him down. And he's like, wait, again, one of these intuitive leaps that he had. <laughs> he's like, she's right. Not just right, exactly right. No, exactly. Derp. So, uh, statues, take a drink. Oh, yeah, statues. <laughs> so he's wandering out in Weisinger Plaza, and he says, you know, she's she's... A genius. He says, all this time I've been trying to puzzle this mystery together, and she just casually tosses out the answer. Since the Legion was formed, a collision Why with... Why not? Yeah. He's done the same thing. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's still just shocked when someone else says it. He says, since the Legion was formed, a collision with Mordru has been inevitable. But he's just too damn powerful. We could hurt him, but we could never beat him. So who stands to gain if we hurt Mordrew bad but go down in flames against him? Who would be powerful enough to jump in and visit and finish Mordrew off after we'd weakened him? Only one answer. Glorith. He says, I may be the only one besides her that knows. And I may be the only one who can do anything about it. Hey, look who's up right behind uh, his shoulder. Oh! Boy. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you have to be Pocket uh, universe. Pocket thankful universe. that Saturn Girl came in and mentoring Mordu. I mean, what if she'd come and say, "Oh, we're getting ready to go take on Grimbor." <laughs> it must be Grimbor. Uh, I, I, I wish like it was Grimbor. <laughs> I mean, ultra like saddled short buckle. pants. <laughs> I'm I'm still finding this fascinating that Superboy shows up in this because it can't be Pocket Universe Superboy because there is no Pocket Universe Superboy because there is uh, Valor. Hmm. Interesting. Say, I think it's just, Universe Superboy still had to be there because of the Superman comics were reliant. Supergirl and the Superman comics was from that pocket universe, so it had true. to be there. So they just don't know what they're doing at this point in time. Messy, like, messy, messy. Yeah. Um, so he says, I may be the only one who can do anything about it. Ooh, that's trouble. Uh, he says, but if she were to find out that I know this is the most dangerous game imaginable, somebody else finds out they, I could be dead. They could be dead. Other people like could be lightning dead. Lad. <laughs> like <laughs> Lightning Lad, whose statue I just happened to be walking by as I figured, as I think of this. Everything, everything depends on nobody finding out my secret. Hey, hey, you, uh, this the, that little pan, that panel there where they're fighting Mordru. Yeah, is that like a swipe from a comic, like from a from a previous issue or something like that? I don't. Like maybe they gave so. gave Dougie the, the the reference from that from that uh, that comic, and he just sort of 
do everybody that was in it at that time. But at Not some point, Superboy shouldn't have been there. At some point, doesn't someone say, "Hey, wait a second. Because <laughs> they had to color it, right? Well, yeah, sure. You know, at some point, doesn't someone say, hey, I should explain why he's there in the first place. (laughs) It's a good point. It's a good point. Absolutely. Oh, no. Um, Tell me editorial dropped the ball somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, considering that the whole thing stems, the the whole thing stems from them having to not put Superboy in stuff to have Superboy show up in it. You'd think someone would catch that. That shows you how difficult it was just to keep Superboy out of the story. He just keeps appearing. He just keeps popping. They, I mean, ink over him, is, and he just pop right back up. <laughs> and this is, the, but this is not even the first time this issue because they had the, the S symbol earlier. I mean, they were just exactly. all over the place here. Exactly. It, it's it's them saying, take the you know oh sure blow up the moon yeah 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 here you go here's Superboy yeah. in this we'll panel. We'll say a damn thing about it. Or actually, that, I, you know, considering the time frame, I guess I guess that's why they were like. They, to- they they totally put Superboy in that annual. Screw them. Let's 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 destroy their moon. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's what this is. That whole thing is just flashback <laughs> from having Superboy in one panel here. We'll show you. We'll show you. We're gonna- <laughs> Your whole moon gone. They're very they're very Chicago gangland. <laughs> yeah, they're vindictive. They draw a knife. We pull a gun. <laughs> they put Superboy in their comic. We blow up their moon. <laughs> That's the Chicago way. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So, um, so Tinya is uh, is wearing a uh, a parka and hiding, and she says, "You don't fool me." Parka and pants. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just something's People on your mind. Love the short pants. <laughs> I don't know really that those do. are short pants. I think they're uh, they're just tan pants. Um, don't be yeah. stupid. They're she, she rated Wiping yeah. Lad's closet. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> well, he's dead. <laughs> Jersey short pants. I get it. <laughs> well, her mittens are the same color, so that might that might indicate that you perhaps be yeah, correct. Yeah. Either yeah. that or when she takes off those uh, gloves from her costume, she's got some really bad hands. <laughs> <laughs> those are her hands. <laughs> I have mittens. <laughs> <hands. laughs> she's like There's a the lobster. Way to in the future. <laughs> You can get some palm olive, honey. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, so she says, you know, something's on your mind that you're refusing to talk about, and he's, uh, no. And she says, come on, when you pulled that betraying the legion stunt, didn't I see right through it? And he goes, yeah. Even though the rest of the, the entire rest of the legion fell for it, she says, you can be a great actor, Joe, but you can't get anything past me. That's right. And he I says, know you've you've, got all those orgasms. You've got to trust me. <laughs> You mean everything to me. If I ever hide anything from you, please believe me. It'll be the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Yeah, but I'll have to right. do it. <laughs> so she says, you're not kidding. This is no act. And he says, I wish I could say more. And she goes, okay, I, I'll butt out. So um, <laughs> cut to uh, to the Legionnaires um, uh, basically talking about tackling the Mordru um Issue. The, the Mordru question. Um, and, and Saturn Girl is saying, I, I believe we finally couple, come up with a plan of attack that has a reasonable chance of success. Before we tackle that, let's get an update from the members who are out on missions. <laughs> and so they go to the uh, to the screens and they get uh, Ultra Boy on a goodwill tour to the Jaguar court of the planet Grick. And uh, and so they ask, how's, how's it going? And he goes, couldn't be better. I've convinced the princes of the court to enter into a non-aggression pact with the Legion. And she's like, what? what? It isn't signed yet, is it? And he goes, of course it is. 
And then, then like, no, no, the Jaguar court was forced into a treaty with Mordrew. They're allied with him. If we can't oh. attack the Jaguar court, we can't attack Mordrew. And, uh, and he's like, huh? Oh. <laughs> Sarango says, thanks to your pact, Mordrew would have to directly attack Earth before we could fight him. Oh, oh. I, guess I, did, I guess I didn't think about that. And... Um, and he's like, and and so they're like, okay, it'll it'll, it'll be fine. What? It'll be fine. Stupid. And uh, and he's like, I'm really sorry. Oh, we'll, we'll work something out, idiot. Don't don't, don't worry, moron. Um, that really hurts when you have some boy calling you a moron. That really hurts. Me. <laughs> no, kidding, eh? <laughs> no kidding. No. He's like, did you kidding. get laid at least? Honestly, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> If you didn't get laid, then this is I I I can't even understand it. <laughs> I just don't know I you anymore. About a shower. This is crazy. Um, so they they're like, well, so much for the big attack. What a moron! What a moron. Yeah. <laughs> and Ayla, Ayla, who who ends up with you know, not long after this, going out with Timberwolf, says <laughs> <Yeah>. says, <laughs> don't you feel sorry for Phantom Girl stuck with a dunce like, oh. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't see, I didn't you, see there. you there. She totally saw her there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, Phantom Girl is is like, what is it with him? I know he's not that dumb. He's just putting on an act. I'm sure of it. But why would he do that? Why would he put me through this? Because it's all about you, Tim. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> you. It's all about you and the chick and the other girls making fun of you. Yeah. Okay. Um. And so Violet comes up to her and says, don't let them bother you. There are more important things in a guy than brains. I just wish, I had, someone, <laughs> I wish I had someone like Joe wrapped around my finger. And of course, later she would. Um, and she says, yeah, just don't let them bother you. And he's like, yeah, maybe she's right. Joe must have a damn good reason for playing the dumb stud. Hmm. So what's the uh, sense in pouting about? Stud. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> Nobody's accusing him of that. Um <laughs> And she goes, so maybe I can just help with his little charade, and that could be, actually be kind of fun. So we uh, head over to the uh, Sorcerer's World, the Palace of Mordru, and he's t- taking a walk through the grounds, and, um, and, and a guy's talking to him and saying, you are truly a benevolent and open leader to be circulating among the commoners like this Lord Mordru. And he says, ah, the people are my true source of strength if I were ever to. That old man. I'm trembling. Why do I fear him? <laughs> this is my absolute favorite part of this book. <laughs> and he says, but, but you, you need fear nothing, Lord. Uh, and, and he says, silence, imbecile. Leave me. But yes, Lord Emperor, how can a pathetic old man threaten me? And so he goes up to talk to him. He says, you're enjoying this lovely day, I trust? Your Excellency, I am not worthy. Nonsense. Speak freely, comfortably. Why are we not all flesh and blood beneath our airs? And he goes, well, well, you know, uh, not, not, not you, of course. Uh, you embody powers greater than any living being in the universe, except for one. But they like, don't have as cool a hat as you. Yeah, and he's like, wait a second. I got a cool jet ski. Did they got a jet <laughs> a ski? Bomb them. <laughs> and, uh, Their and head s- doesn't have an eye in the middle of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Those awesome I wings. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want and, that. And he said, and uh, and she and he says, you believe there's one who rivals my strength? And he goes, rivals. <laughs> uh, if you want to look at it that way, no, exceeds Lord Emperor. <laughs> and he says, after all, I'm. But Mordred's like, oh, I'm just a simple old wizard. <laughs> I'm just a frozen caveman. Uh, we'll, wait, um, <laughs> I'm just a simple caveman. <laughs> <laughs> I do not understand. The ways Your ways frighten me. <laughs> 
he says, uh, who is this mighty power you speak of? And he goes, surely you know of Glorith, mistress of Valdor. And he goes, Glorith, pfft. A dabbler. She toys with paltry time displacement powers, curiosities. And he says, ah, but she's the one power you lack, Lord. And she, he says, I lack nothing. Boobs. He says, you haven't seen the future, Lord. It's going to be all about boobs. <laughs> um, this is the 90s, sire. <laughs> to foresee no the future. No pouches. No jacket. <laughs> exactly. No exactly. giant gun. No boobs. <laughs> you don't even know, dude. But he has a dress. And he a has a dress and a funny hat. And he says, to foresee the future is to anticipate and destroy every every obstacle in your path. You have the power to rule all for an eternity, Lord Emperor. That is true. But without the power to foresee the strategies of your opposition, you will always be vulnerable. Oh, and he says, you've lost your faculties, old man. All he needs is a simple incantation to travel to the future. And he goes, eh, yeah, I'm current of time, dude. No, not going to happen. He, you've yeah. now been robbed of the power to see the future. And yeah, you're, you're, you're screwed. And uh, so he says, I know of no Iron Curtain of Time, you know, I'm like crazy old man. And um, and the old man says, you will test the truth of my words soon enough. And when there is no longer doubt in your mind, consider this. If you do not use your powers to force the final confrontation with Glorith now, her might will become too great. She will have won. And he's like, hmm, the old man's got a point. Hmm. Ah, but he's not there anymore. Where is he? Pulled a Batman on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's like crazy old fool still. And so he makes his incantation and uh, to go and goes after Glorith and uh, and they have a cat fight. And, <laughs> yeah, um, really. And it's so, uh, so Joe, you know, and then so Joe's thinking, who the Greif knows how or where the confrontation will occur, or if the great gamble will work. If one of them turns out to be powerful enough to destroy the other, the universe is finished. You know, the whole idea is you got to stalemate them, uh, that they'll mm. cripple each other and never again amass the kind of unstoppable <laughs> power that they've been building. So that's that's what the key is. He says, if we're lucky, a universal balance will be restored and the Legion will survive. The universe will remain free because that's important, remember. Mm -hmm. um, and no one can ever know exactly how the confrontation just happened to occur before either mm -hmm. of them was ready for it. And it turns out the old man wearing his Ultra Boy costume under it. <clears throat> God. Oh, no. <laughs> that's right. Ultra Boy has defeated Mordru with the power of... Acting, acting. <laughs> oh, and a fake beard. Exactly, exactly. Fake Part beard. of his acting skills. Um, he wants to tell someone, but he doesn't want them to know. Uh, you know, he, he he wants to he wants to tell someone. He wants to be able to trust someone, but it would it would go badly for them. And then Brainy figures it out. He's like the time disturbances, the Iron Curtain of Time, absolutely traceable to Glorith. Wait a minute, let me get this in the computer. Somebody once had a theory about Largan being created by a time disturbance. And if one or two other key elements, R.J. Brand, for example, and Brainy's making the same intuitive leaps. He goes, if they're products of time displacements. So it's taken Brainy this long to figure it out, but Joe, <laughs> no problem. Um, well, that's because Brainy's crippled by the fact that he has to think logically. It's like arguing with a woman. It's the same thing. It's like, we, we are by the logic, but that's just all about, oh, well, you did that. What? So um, let me tell you, uh, here's a big part of why they change from uh, from Time Trapper to Glorith. Look at that outfit. That wow. is. Uh... <laughs> hey, notice her though, her cape. She's got like the the uh, the medallions uh, with uh, kind of like a Monel cape. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And evidently her spidey sense is tingling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's just cold in there. Yeah, it's just cold in there, I think. Um, so anyway, he, he, so, um, he gets the computer to calculate the probability that Empress Glorith of Baldor has created the Legion, and it's working on it, and it turns out it's saying 94% probability. Her ability to manipulate the Legion curtail, has been curtailed severely after her battle with Mordru. And he's like, oh, oh, this time we've been her puppets. And boom, she pops in behind him yeah, after her spidey sense uh, tingled. And he says, only the muses know what her purpose was. And she's I knew you'd figure it out first. And he goes, have you just come to ridicule me? Isn't it enough you made fools of us all these years? And she says, I don't know. The only thing I really needed you for was to hold Mordru in check. I suppose you've done that well enough. And he's like, Mordru? She says, yes, Mordru. You you see, well, you can't see, can you? Not without my power to perceive all times, all possibilities, except for or the one that I Joe's is. amazing leaps in logic. <laughs> yeah. She says, you don't know that Mordru was destined to conquer everything, to rule the universe for a millennium. And Brainy's like, huh? She says, it's true. Until I stepped in, nothing was going to stop him. And I couldn't have I couldn't have that. So I just went to the time stream. I did a little nip here, a little tuck there. And voila, the Legion of Superheroes. And uh, so she says, that's my champion against Mordru. And everything would have worked perfectly if it wasn't for you meddling kids. That's right. <laughs> she says, you brave children would have gone off against that disgusting old wizard and been gloriously killed, but not before severely injuring the old goat with your great powers, leaving me to come in and crush Mordru and take my rightful place as mistress of the entire damn universe. And he's like, you're insane. And she says, and it would have worked too, if not for you meddling kids, if only Mordru hadn't attacked me out of the blue. Never figured out how he knew to do that. Oh, but I'm boring you, babbling about all this business you have, all this information you have no business knowing. And uh, she says, we're going to have to wipe that little slate of yours clean. So she smooches him, and he goes crazy. Well, you know, you have to give Brainy credit here, because she's only just told him how she's manipulated everything in the time stream, expressed all these great powers, and then he's calling her names. <laughs> Seriously. You duty head. <laughs> and doesn't even bother putting his force field out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So she says, mm, very nice. Hope it was good for you as it was for me. Of course, for me, it only lasted a few seconds, but for you, an eternity, an entire cycle of the time stream. I wonder where exactly along that journey you lost your sanity. So sad, but we'll make you a more willing puppet now, won't it? Oh, and just one other thing. Anyone else who might suspect the truth, get rid of them. And uh, so he starts thinking and he realizes, hey, Ultra Boy kind of had this figured out. So he's got to get rid of whoever it is. <laughs> and, um, and, and we learn, and this takes us to um, around, what, uh, 242 or something like that of, uh, of Superboy and the Legion? Or, or late, no, late 230s, right? Yeah, I think it's 239, I think, yeah. right around there. Okay. So, um, yeah, definitely. An annual. That's right. That's right. Before things sort of got torn apart, and then the second part of it was issue 250. Um, by the great Steve Apollo. <laughs> um, he sure looks like his art. Sure looks like Jim Starwins. I don't know why. It does exactly, exactly. So um, uh, there, there it is. Uh, you know, they say we got to take you in, Ultra Boy, for the murder of Anne Red. No. Yeah. So she's been killed. Now, now it has a bit more resonance. You know that sort of thing. Um, not just an actress. No, your old girlfriend, dude. She was pissed at you. I I I blame Phantom Girl. That's yeah, cold. Totally. Um, <laughs> so he says, hmm, 
Anne has been killed. Someone's pinned it on me. It must mean somebody's on to me about the time <laughs> about the time stream. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what i would leap to yeah <laughs> exactly exactly I've been framed, damn it. It, it couldn't be that you know she is from rimbor and uh messed up stuff happens on rimbor um so he decides i'm gonna break loose gotta play the dumb scared jock for all it's worth and they better believe it he says i'm breaking loose Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine Tracy Morgan saying that. Um, <laughs> so he says only one person could have figured it out, pulled off this frame up. Brainiac 5. His erratic behavior. He's cracked. Or if must have got, got to him. Now Brain he's figuring everything out. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra detective skills. That's where I've shifted my energy. And now Brainy realizes I have the clues. Can't let him or anyone know I've pieced them together. And uh, Laurel and uh, Valor show up. Give him the big old kapow. They turn him over to the courts. And it's like, wait, have proof that there's a frame. Nope, there was a robot imposter helping with the frame. Um, so uh, Chameleon Boy clears him just like he did in 250, only he doesn't have the big, the crazy looking antenna or the crazy looking ears as much. Um, that skull cap is hilarious. So yeah, Chameleon Boy uh, says, it isn't over yet. Just not until we can prove who's behind it. Not until we bring him to justice. And we learn, of course, that it was Brainy. He's created Omega, uh, who destroys the headquarters. And um, he's gone mad. (laughs) So Omega obliterated, hatched by the miracle machine, destroyed with it. Um, And uh, Brainy was the one behind the Enrid murder. Mm, The poor soul, utterly, utterly insane. He's somehow been turned into somebody's plaything. Somebody who was ready to swat him aside and take the universe had Brainy trans had Brainy triumphed. That's a leap they didn't make before. And he goes, "Wow, if that's what Gorth can do to Brainy, what's going to happen when she starts pulling Valor's strings?" Mm. Yeah. Oh. yeah, see, um, dirty. So uh, we end up with Brainy is coming out of it. <laughs> the doctors think the stress got to me. Oh, okay, <laughs> you know. It happens. It was a bit so let's just tough... come right back to the team, old Brainy. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a tougher recovery, if I remember, because that was the first actual issue of, of Legion that I bought, uh, issue two fifty six, where he got where he got much better. Um, but I'm look... feeling much better now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he says, "Lucky for him, he doesn't remember what drove him yeah. mad." Why, if anybody ever found out, found out, found out. And um, and this is and so we go back to um, we get back to uh, Glorith at the beginning of the issue where she got the information from Saturn Girl about uh, about Joe knowing, and uh, she's that boy, that worthless little <coughs> Rimborian urchin, destroyed all my plans and got away with, and she gets uh, she gets you know hit from sucker behind punch. by sucker punched by Laurel. Um, <laughs> Who who beats the crap out of her? Beats <laughs> the ever love big old thum and and like you see like blood just splattering as she's punching her. She's blood sucking witch. That was my planet you murdered. And then she she starts laying on the heat vision and Gloris is like damn distracted. Forgot about her. Ouch. Um, and so she retreats into the time stream, beaten and uh, and a bit humiliated. And uh, she goes this humiliation all his fault. Bloody Jonah. Damn he'll pay. But how? So weak, so much pain. The Iron Curtain of Time. Just another time disturbance waiting to happen. Once my strength returns, I'll use it. Doom him to a fate worse than death. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, so uh, she says, no, not him. I can hurt him far worse by dooming someone else. Yes. And uh, so we uh, we switch to Shangala, and uh, there, this is post-conspiracy. Uh, it's like, Lara's recovering. He'll make it, but only because Glorith shook loose an extra personality Lara didn't even know was in his head. No, I find that interesting, because he was dead at the beginning of this series, right? And so yeah. and that was, was we, we assumed it was from the end of Conspiracy, because at the right. end of the Baxter run, he seemed to have drifted off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so and of course they that was the whole idea. They they had that idea of 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 using the whole Eltro Gand uh story that had that had come up and uh that someone had postulated in um in Interlac or sorry, in the Legion Outpost. And um Yeah, so so they, they, they had used that and uh and and I guess in this case they decided let's not have him have been dead because then that's just more stuff we've got to explain. Probably more than anything else. I guess um, that's right. <laughs> you know, it's like we're trying to get this out in a panel, and uh, we can only do so many of the little elliptical phrase uh, uh, squiggly balloons. Um, and we've used our quota. Um, notice maybe, also, maybe Shady's just really, really wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, uh, but but you know, as as far as other changes, notice uh, Madarita Glad in the foreground in uh, in costume there as well. Um, anyway, so he says, so she says, now Lars back in control, his inner strength has returned, and he says, well, thank Liberty for that, Shady. Just wish everyone had been so lucky, and we see the, uh, the tomb for, uh, for Duo Damsel. Oh. And, um, so, um, then we have, wow, in the worst possible jumpsuits I've ever seen. <laughs> Evidently, Legionnaires are prisoners. <laughs> They shot the challengers of the unknown outlet store. So we're on Earth and it's snowing again, um, but now there's no parkas, there's just purple jumpsuits. <laughs> and uh, Tinya's saying to him, you know, if I didn't know better, I'd say you've been a new man lately. And he says, yeah. She says, yeah, ever since they kicked Gloris butt, you've been so much more relaxed at ease. And he goes, well, we've been through a lot. You've put up with a lot. Now maybe we can you finally don't scream get her on. name during sex anymore. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now maybe we can finally get on with some normal lives. And she says, "What do you mean?" And he whips out the old the old uh, engagement ring, and she's freaked uh, out. Yeah. She's like, "That's awesome!" Choke, Choke. exactly. <laughs> um, so we switch to Kalu, and um, Brainy's uh, still messing with time research, and he says, "You know." Board finds out, and he says, "Hey, this is a serious disturbance in the time stream. It looks like it's going to strike in the present." Uh oh! Where did it originate? And he goes, "My instruments are correct. It's been hanging out there since the time disturbance of twenty nine forty nine. The Iron Curtain of Time. This is the Iron Curtain of Time." And he says, "Not anymore. It's headed on some sort of collision course with the present, as if some mysterious hand had directed it toward a target." Oh no! So it turns out Tinya had gone to Bagutzel to. Um, to visit her mom, and so she's flying in from on a private charter uh, from the planet because at this point it wasn't just sort of the uh, alternate dimension from Earth like it was uh, in in the three boot, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys are getting along so much better, and he says, "I'm going to miss you, but we have the rest of our lives to spend together." And they said, mm. well, "We've wanted it for so long." He says, "I can't believe we're finally doing it." And she goes, "The wait was worth every minute." And Brainy's saying, "It's going to hit. It's going to hit." And crack a thum, take a drink. Oh, yeah. oh no! <laughs> it turns out the time bubble, uh, the the uh, chart her charter gets hit by the time disturbance, 
and uh, and it hits and, so hard that Brainy turns flesh color for a minute. Thank you, thank you. Damn, slap the green right off his face. <laughs> With the way it being colored, it looks like Joe is really excited that Tenny is arriving now. Oh. <laughs> and of course, he had forgotten the third rule of the street: never let your guard down. That's the third rule. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's worse is she she got blown up so badly that she doesn't get the little uh, little ship thing on uh, on Shangala. No, she doesn't get a statue. It's just a (laughs) gravestone, regular gravestone that's just tall enough that he can lean on it without having to bend over. That's right. That's nice. (laughs) He's ultra lazy. Yeah, (laughs) Phantom Girl. No, uh, no legionnaire served more honorably. No woman loved and was loved more deeply. And uh, and That's so a... there we have it. So yeah, you're right. It was 316 and 239. You were just reading back there, weren't you, Josh? Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I, was, I was like, damn, dude, 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 nailed that issue. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that's the um, yeah, just an awesome issue. Really love this. And now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but but you know, I mean. Of course, uh, as we know, what what was originally supposed to have happened was that uh, this time disturbance hits hits her and kind of does the reverse to what it did to uh, to RJ. That brought him from the 20th century to the 30th century, and of course, this does the opposite. Takes her back to the 20th century, where we presume that she because the changeover happened at the same time the Durlin disappeared, and um, Phase showed up, Phantom Girl at the time. Mm. And uh, that, of course, later got changed because Ugh, zero stuff, hour. Yeah, yeah, because stuff Can't got rebooted. Zero hour. Stuff got rebooted, and it's like, well, it's a totally different Phantom Girl now. And so, so um, they came up with a whole other story that was just awful, just awful, <laughs> like they do. Yeah. There was our. This is she's all about the stalemate of the of Mordru and Glorith, and it's. It kind of ties into Zero Hour because end of an era is what happens when their stalemate is finally broken. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We had just had the Mordru Rising story right before that, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, is that wrapped up around, what, 48-ish? Somewhere around there, yeah. And then, of course, we had the Legion on the Run. Oh. <laughs> hey, you loved the Emerald Dragon, though, didn't you, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the Emerald, Emerald Dragon. Almost as much as I love super old, fat, brainy. <laughs> oh. I like my stories that have no resolution. Oh, that was messy. <laughs> messy, messy, messy. You know, but at some point, I got to reread it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll be um, yeah, so, uh, so look at Joe figuring everything out. He's like an ultra detective. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs Batman? Exactly. The thing of it is, is you play stupid long enough, eventually you're not playing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Crazy. he still has those amazing detective powers, no matter how stupid he may be. He just doesn't use them anymore. <laughs> he could only use it once at a time and he's always got to be invulnerable. Yeah, but that's because now he had a, he had a ponytail. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I'm I'm assuming that that we look at, at, at this as having happened. Uh, well, it would have been during the five year gap, right? I mean, just toward the uh, um, 
would have been just after the conspiracy. So, so, mm. or presumably after the magic wars. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, he'd been dealing with that whole thing. And he just yeah. won the championship belt and everything. It's, it's, it's a lot <laughs> that's of right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, holding on to that thing, it's tough. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. You, you got to defend it 24 7. You got to beat the man to be the man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but they proved their point. They put check bo- They put the little checkerboards at the top of the annual. Actually, oh, I, I think I think all of the 1990 annuals had the checkerboard. Um, so. Yeah, because I remember the Superman. There was the Superman annual that actually had him uh, meeting up with uh, with Vril Docs and uh, and fighting uh, uh, fighting the 20th century Largand on that issue back when when Largand was a member of L-E-G-I-O-N. And, of course... I was going to say that tied into the Legion annual. Yeah, exactly. And he, of course, had a very cool uh, jacket. That's how they rolled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got to have a jacket. Well, it's just it's what you have to have. It gets cold out. The conglomerate, uh, Justice League Quarterly. There, they all got jackets. Oh yeah, yeah, the conglomerate. Yeah. Yeah. See, that was a great issue. Chris Sprouse got a jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Booster got a new jacket, and oh yeah, they were all about the jackets. And Praxis had a cool uh, trench coat. uh, Trench coat. Yeah. (laughs) He had a ponytail too, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> All the damn time. He was Corey Harting it up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, no, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's, I loved when they did, when they did the sort of dives back into the history as well and, um, and sort of explained, you know, here's, here's what happened. And uh, and this this was great because it really did frame a lot of those old Legion events against the new timeline, and that's what a lot of people were wondering at the time. Sure. It's like, well, what about this? What about that? You know, there was a lot of confusion about you know who took whose place. You know, there was the uh, the idea that uh, that essentially the way to look at it was if it was a story that involved Superboy and Monel, then let's just say it was Kent Shakespeare and Valor. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, he took the Superboy role in a lot of them, or, you know, sort of. It, and, and, unless you just accidentally draw a Superboy at the bottom of the panel. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, there, but him, like, didn't have a name, and we never actually talked to him. Who's the, dude, who's the dude in the blue suit? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe he'll go away. Maybe it's Reflecto, and it's just the color of the sky reflecting in his costume. <laughs> No, it could be reflective. That guy got the hint, got the hint eventually. <laughs> <laughs> we kicked his ass up good. I just love that. That, that just kills me, the stacking of the deck. Like, no, no, it'll go well for you too, dude. Yeah, Do you oh, think yeah. they invited him back every single initiation round? Just say, <laughs> exactly. like, oh, man. You almost had it. That time, but arm Next time you're so in. But our fall off voice test was just a little bit better. I'm sorry. Like, hey, Marla, why are you wearing an arm fall off boy costume? It gives. Oh, I'm not. This is just what I happened to wear this morning. And uh, it's coincidence. Complete coincidence. Honestly. No, no, no. Go to the test. Honestly. No, no. Try. Please. Come on. He just like uh, and just walks out every time. Seriously. He's like, Until you've got to be freaking kidding me. Poor Reflecto. No, there's never any respect for Reflecto. <laughs> right. He will That's never true. win. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Others may. He will not be one of them. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. 
Well, I'd say we it's it's a good time to wrap this one up. So oh, one uh thing. Oh, sorry, one more go, go, yeah. Uh Josh, I, I hear you're a giant nerd. Uh, I am a giant nerd, yes, and, I am. And as a giant nerd, you've decided to start a podcast. Is this true? I, Oh. I, I am starting my own podcast. Thank you for bringing it up. Um, um, starting next week, but if I have the timing on this right, um, February the 16th, um, I am starting my own Doctor Who podcast. It is uh, called The Oncoming Storm. It is a Doctor Who spinoff media podcast. And basically, I'm leaving all the TV stuff to other people, and I'm going to be talking about uh, the books, the comics, the audios they've done, because in the years that Doctor Who was off the air before it came back in 2005, there was a whole mess of stuff released. Um, oh, yeah. That is new, new adventures. They're all yeah. awesome. Yeah, all sorts That's of good really stuff. That's really smart of you. Because no one read any of that stuff. So you can say whatever you want and everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you You could just use this for your own fan fiction and no one will ever know. (laughs) At least a couple of people read them when uh, human nature got turned into an episode. That's right. It was so good. It got turned into an episode. As long as he doesn't reference that one, he's golden. (laughs) Well, If anybody is interested, I also do some work for a company called Madden Region Press, and we put out a whole bunch of books on uh, the novels and audios. You can go to uh, maddenreason.com and look at any of that kind of stuff. And like I said, some of that stuff. That's cool. uh, um, And like I said, my podcast starts up on the 16th of this month, though there may be a secret zero or or one half issue released next week. Hmm. Just so you know. Really? Really, Josh? You, you can relive your wizard magazine days. Like, oh, you get we one have to send in a issue. coupon. Is it, <laughs> is it like half the size of a regular, regular podcast? It's, it's an ash can. It actually will be half the size of a regular podcast. Perfect. It's <laughs> to put it out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, cool. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully anybody who's interested in Doctor Who would like to uh, check us out because there's a lot of good stuff. And honestly, uh, a lot of the stuff in the series uh, nowadays owes its origins to the things they did in those years and the books and audios. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you're the only one that can make it fun, Josh. Ah, uh, well, I'll so do my best. It's going to be fun. But it, it's all on you. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I have to use my Not one brain cell at a time to get through it. <laughs> I manage it. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that you, that you got the last making fun of uh, Ultra Boy in there, Josh. Yes, I know. But and, and I, there is actually a teaser trailer that I put up, so you guys can go check it out. Uh, the website is um, – what is my website right now? It's uh, – uh, hold on. Let me just pull it up real quick. I should know. Free uh, the better. plug, Josh. I mean, come on. Be prepared, will you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's um, the oncoming storm dot Libsyn dot com. Ah, Libsyn. We're doing it through Libsyn. So that is the uh, website page. So all the new postings will go there. Excellent. And of course, you can find us on Facebook at the oncoming storm. Join our Facebook group. Nobody goes there. You're right. Nobody goes there. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. Hang on. Going to play your teaser. So everyone be quiet for a sec. In a second. Not right now. Not yet. How about now? Now. Now. Okay. Wait, not then. Okay, not now. Now. Okay, now. Seriously. Now. Shut up, you're ruining everything. (laughs)
it doesn't quite play yet, apparently. Oh, no. Just saying. I had to download it and play it myself, so. Ah, uh, yeah, the little uh, the little player on the thing, not working. Oh, That's no. Okay. That's okay, because I will just do it. That's we'll there we go. Here. In a world where televised stories reign supreme... The way I see it, if it didn't happen on TV, it just didn't happen. Two men strive to show that there is more to Doctor Who... The new adventures? Uh-uh, those don't count. Then just what you see on the television. Doctor Who did not go off TV in 1989 just to magically reappear in 2005. Today's show owes its very existence to these novels and audios. Watch out, continuity sticklers! There's a storm coming. The books made the wilderness years a little more bearable. Josh Wilson. I'm telling you right now, the new adventures are the epitome of Doctor Who, in my opinion. And Ashley Rayburn. The original actors and new stories, nothing could beat that in 1999. Are the oncoming storm, a Doctor Who spin-off media podcast, coming February 16th, 2012. That's right, and I guarantee you'll get the same quality footage you got from that teaser every week in and out on my podcast. Uh you said that out loud? Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> so there you You're go. You're supposed to say, I promise, it'll get better. <laughs> nah, I don't want cool. to give anybody expectations. No expectations, just... <laughs> that's right. The low expectations <laughs> That's right. Hey, shoot low, right? Low <laughs> that way they start surprised. Exactly. Well, that sounds very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate that plug. Good Pleasure, luck. and it was great having you on the show uh, this week as well. It was it was great having me um, here. It so. was great having you. <laughs> yes, yes, it was great having you. Thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> oh, um, I guess going through my empties too fast. So <laughs> shift the ultra energy back to the brain. <laughs> too hard. Not the ultra bulge. <laughs> Oh my. All right then. Comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join us on the forum. That is forum.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. You can join us on the Facebook. Just type Legion of Substitute Podcasters in the searchy box. It'll take you right to us. And uh, you can head over to our web, our website, which is Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com, and you can leave a comment on this or any episode. You can even follow us on the Twitter if we ever get around to updating it. It is at LOSP Podcast. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble. We try and get through this whole purple mess and, uh, and get ourselves back to the right place in the 21st century. And uh, we will see you all next week. Why does it take longer to build a ultra snowman than a regular one? You have to hollow out the head. Uh-uh.